game is done. Hey, everybody loves Tim K. Let me hear you. Time for Dodger Talk. If you ready for the brand new thing, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. Tim Cates is great. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boy, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. Find new roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk, Tim Cates. The Dodgers have 102 wins on this season. 102 wins. Best record in baseball, and they get a win again tonight. 5-2 over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dodger Talk on AM570 LA Sports. Thanks for being with us on this Monday night. If you're leaving Dodger Stadium, sitting in traffic, enjoying a cold one at home, let's be a part of the show tonight. 866-987-2570. in attendance, and you saw a great pitching per- performance tonight from Clayton Kershaw. Six innings, one run, six hits, 10 strikeouts, did not walk a batter. He was fantastic the first four innings. Got into a little bit of a trouble in the fifth inning. The only run he gave up came on a Perdomo fielder's choice scoring Carson Kelly. That made it a 5-1 game. The Dodgers would give up a run in the ninth thanks to Craig Kimbrell who loaded the bases with nobody out. They limited the damage though to a great defensive play from Trey Turner and Gavin Lux. Dodgers get the win 5-2. Their 102nd win of the season. Last year, the Dodgers won 106 games, and they fought to the end against the San Francisco Giants, who won just one more game than them to win the division, 107 wins. The Dodgers are on pace for 113 wins, which would be a franchise record. All they need to do is to get to 107, and that will set the Dodgers franchise record, whether in L.A. or Brooklyn, with the most wins by a Dodger team in a season. It is pretty remarkable to see this Dodgers team where they are as far as run differential, where they are as far as wins, 58 games over 500, and what they're doing to teams. Think about what they did to the Diamondbacks tonight. Their 12th win in 15 games. They're 12-3 and against Arizona this year. Look what they've done against the San Francisco Giants. Last night was their 15th win against the Giants. The most wins in a season by any Dodger team since 1953. That was the last time they had won 15 games against the then New York Giants when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. They are smashing records, and they are doing it daily. The Dodgers' rotation is going to go down as one of the best in Dodgers franchise history. Stat-wise, they're putting together something that no other team has done in the modern era of baseball or have done over the last 100 years. Julio Odias, 17 wins. Tony Gonsolin, 16 wins. Tyler Anderson, 15 wins. Tonight, Clayton Kershaw gets his ninth win of this season. All of their ERAs are under three. They're in the twos, all of them. Urias, 227. Gonsolin, 210. Anderson, 262. Kershaw, his ERA now, 239. Their winning percentages, 700 or 708 for Kurt, or Urias, 941 for Gonsolin, 833 for Anderson, 750 now for Kershaw. 
What do all these numbers mean? No team has had four pitchers finish a regular season with a 700-plus winning percentage and sub-three ERAs since the ERA started, started back in 1913. These are just numbers that the Dodgers are smashing on a daily basis as they gather wins and guys continue to dominate on the mound and guys continue to pay up big numbers at the plate. Tonight, offensively, it was the bottom of the lineup. It was Gallo, it was Lux, it was Chris Taylor providing the sparks for this Dodgers offense tonight. Tonight, the top of the lineup was there, but they got a night off. Mookie Betts, Trey Chinner, Freddie Freeman, a combined 1-for-11 at the top of the lineup. You throw in Will Smith, who was 0-for-3, 1-for-14 was the Dodgers' 1-through-4 hitters tonight. But don't you worry, Joey Gallo, a home run, an RBI single. Gavin Lux had three hits, and Chris Taylor had a three-run home run. The Dodgers' 6, 7, and 8 hitters tonight were a combined 6-4-10 with five ribbies and two home runs. So, offensively, a night off for Betts, Turner, and Freeman, and Smith. That's all right. The bottom of the lineup will pick up this Dodgers team. And what do they get? Oh, win number 102 on this season. 866-987-2570. I hope you are appreciating what you're hearing and seeing on a daily basis with this team. I hope you're appreciating and not taking for granted the dominance of this Dodgers team in 2022. I hope you're appreciating and not taking for granted what they're doing on the mound, at the plate, and collectively, numbers-wise. It's just off the charts. Breaking franchise records. Breaking personal records. Breaking National League records. This team is a special group. And I know some of you are going to say, well, this is great in the regular season, Tim. This is great. They're going to be the kings of 162. They're going to be the princes of the regular season. And they're going to be anointed as the best team in baseball in 2022 during the regular season. But what about October? That's where they get judged. That's where they get ultimately put in the record books as a good year or a bad year. Well, let's pump the brakes a little bit. When October gets here, we'll worry about it. But let's appreciate what this Dodgers team is doing. The top of the lineup doesn't produce. Bottom of the lineup comes through. Bullpen has an off night. It's okay. The starter goes deep to help him out. Starter doesn't have a good night. Don't worry. Six guys come out of that gate in the bullpen and put up zeros and keep the Dodgers in a game, and more than not, they'll win. That's what we've seen this year. Tonight, great pitching, great production from the bottom of the lineup, and how about some really good defense tonight? How about some nice plays? How about the double play that wasn't a double play? Muncie to Lux over to Freddie Freeman, who did the splits in first base? Like a like a goalie? Unbelievable. Unbelievable what this team did tonight, offensively, defensively, and then on the mound. Just an impressive performance, and they'll do it again tomorrow with a chance to get wins number 103 and 104 in a day-night doubleheader. 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. 
All right, let's go out to the phones. If you're at the game tonight, you're sitting in traffic on your way home, whether it's to Orange County, the San Gabriel Valley, the Inland Empire, Santa Clarita Valley, or back to the 818, I want to hear from you. Even the 805, if you're heading back up to Ventura County, you're still driving. I want to hear from you. What you think of the game tonight, Clayton Kershaw? Feeling good about where he's at right now. Feeling really good about the four starts that he's made now since coming off the injured list and that sore back. If he can continue, continue to trend in this positive direction and stay healthy, you got another arm down there for October baseball to go along with Julio Urias. Now, if Dustin May can follow up what he did in his last outing and do it again, the five no-hit innings, if he can come back and be productive, throw strikes, get ahead in the count, he's just another weapon down there. Oh, and if Tony Gonsolin can get healthy, and he's trending in that direction, more on that coming up, the Dodgers starting staff starting to come into form here in mid now to late September. 866-987-2570. All right, let's go out to the phones. Steve in Redondo Beach was first up. He'll be our first call tonight. Steve, welcome. How are you doing? Welcome to Dodger Talk. Yo, what's up, Tim? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to mention a few things. The Mookie, Turner, Freeman, one, two, three, top of the lineup. That's a championship winning top of the lineup, right? And I did want to touch on Tyler Anderson and Gonsolin and the pitching performance that we've had this season, right? Yeah. So my question to you was with Clayton Kershaw, I feel like he is an integral part of the Dodgers and in the postseason. Sure. And I want to know, like, is he still gearing up from his time off and trying to build up? Because I, what I'm concerned with is, like, I want to keep him healthy for postseason, right? Yeah. Yep. And he gets these minor injuries back for us, you know, and it's like, but he's such a competitor. I want to know, like, you know, where you think, like, he should be the next few starts. Well, I think what you saw tonight, and I appreciate the phone call, Steve, I think what you saw tonight is going to be the max moving forward. And with now 16 games to go, what is he going to get? Three more starts, realistically? Maybe two if they skip him and get some other guys some starts in there? I mean, I'm not sure how they're going to work this rotation, make it a six-man rotation. They don't have a lot of days off here. They're on the final stretch. But let's assume he gets three more starts. My guess is he's going to be out there Five, six innings, about 75 pitches, maybe 80 pitches. Tonight, we saw Clayton Kershaw go six and throw 94 pitches. But think about the game tonight, right? Kind of go through the innings uh, of of what he had. 11-pitch first inning, not a lot of stress. Second inning, 15-pitch inning where he gave up a couple of base hits, but they were bleeders. The third inning, he struck out the side on 14 pitches, non-stress inning. The fourth inning, he threw... 20 pitches, 12 of which were to uh, Christian Walker, who battled and fouled off pitch after pitch after pitch. You can pay you can case there. That was the first at bat that was a tough at bat against him, um, and that came in the fourth inning. Then you go to the fifth inning, and you started to see a little bit of the slider lose its break, a little bit of bite on it was gone, and he gave up a fielder's choice run scored, but still only 18 pitches. It felt like he didn't have a lot of stressful innings out there until he got to the fifth. And then he got to the sixth, a one out, he gave up back-to-back base hits. But then he got a strikeout for the second out and a ground ball out to end the game, uh, to end the sixth inning. So overall, you know, a couple of a couple of moments here where he gave up hits. You know, there was a bleeder off the end of the bat for a double to lead off the fifth. There was a ball hit off the a jam shot earlier in the fourth. It just felt like he didn't have stressful innings out there. And with that being said, he can go 94 pitches. But I don't think moving forward, and I appreciate the phone call, Steve, I I don't see him going more than he did today. Six innings, 
somewhere between, I'm just putting this into my ballpark, 75 to 90 pitches, just to keep him in that range ready to go for October. You don't want to reduce his outings. You don't want to reduce his load management down the final three, you know, three innings, 50 pitches. You don't want to go in reverse. You want to maintain where he's at. You don't want him going out there unless, you know, quite frankly, unless he's working on something special, like a no-hitter or a perfect game, I think, at this point of the season, is the only thing and only time you're going to leave a Clayton Kershaw or any Dodger starter out there late in the game. They're going to maintain what they've been doing, five, six innings, 75 to 90 pitches. I think that kind of is across the board for all these guys. And a lot of it, again, is stressful innings. Um, you know, how he's doing on the if, if, if it's uh, uh, tough, he's in situations with runners on base. And, you know, but if he's flying through innings, you know, that, that's a good thing for Clayton Kershaw like he was tonight. 866-987-2570 is the number. 866-987-2570. Let's get another call in before we check in with Jose Moda. Joe in Westwood is next up here on Dodger Talk after the Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 5-2. to How you doing, Joe? I'm doing all right, but I'm concerned about the strength of schedule that we have the rest of the regular season. Okay. And looking at the record the Dodgers have against the half of the teams in the league that have a winning record versus the half you say have a losing record. Okay. You know, it's fine if we're going to play Arizona four times in three nights and we're going to beat up on the Rockies for, you know, Rockies week to end up the series. Yeah. But looking at the uh, teams that we've played, I mean, I, I don't necessarily remember us having the winning record against the Mets. We'll see what happens in St. Louis. Um, and then, of course, you know, we, we kind of own San Diego. But I, I'm just kind of concerned about what's going to happen in the postseason when we're only playing teams that are not bottom feeders from the National League West. And even if we make it to the World Series, the one leading team from the AL that we played Cleveland. We didn't uh, do well against them. We uh, lost one of two. Yeah, that was back in uh, early June out of Dodger Stadium. I appreciate the phone call, Joe. I, I don't think you sit here and worry about the Dodgers' schedule, the remaining 16 games, and the fact that they've got four more against Arizona, and they've got that monstrous six-game series against the Colorado Rockies to end this season. I'm not going to sit here and worry about that. And lesser competition, are the Dodgers going to play down to that and not be able to get back up for the postseason? I think this team is different, guys. This team has got leaders. This team has got guys who go out there and grind, don't want to take days off, aren't about just themselves. They're not me guys out there. They're we guys. I mean, look at Freddie Freeman. They're trying to talk him out of the plane yesterday, and he wouldn't come out of the lineup, insisted that he be in the lineup. Trey Turner wants to be out there every day. Mookie Betts wants to be out there every day. These guys want to play. It doesn't matter if it's a, a big series against the Cardinals or if it's a, a series against the lowly Arizona Diamondbacks or the lowly San Francisco Giants where they just swept those three games in San Francisco. These guys want to be out there. These guys want to produce. These guys want to be part of it here in late September and the first week of October. I'm not worried about the schedule. I'm not worried about feasting on bad competition and getting big heads and going into October feeling too good about ourselves and then the balloon pops and the momentum is gone. Maybe if you lose early in the series. I'm not worried about that. Not with this team here in 22. I'm not worried at all about that. It's a different mindset. It's a different different group of guys with a bunch of veterans who lead by example out there every single day. And that's the thing. They want to be out there every single day. 
and they want to produce, and they work hard, and they're there early, and they're not just coasting through the rest of the season looking to pile up numbers selfishly on their stats and try to get uh, as, as many hits as possible to get the hit title or get their batting average up to win the batting title or, or get it more wins so they can get to 15 wins or 20 wins. That's not this team. You know, you can't say that about teams in years past, but this year, look at the mindset of this team and the way it's built in the chemistry and the leadership from uh, from the top guys to the bottom in that clubhouse. All right, let's check in with Jose Moda. It's time to go around the horn with Jose Moda. All right, Jose, big win for the Dodgers tonight, I thought, because you didn't get much production from the top of the lineup. It was Gallo and Chris Taylor and Gavin Lux, who had three hits tonight, providing the spark in those runs tonight, but what a night for Clayton Kershaw. He and Will Smith really had it going tonight. You know what? It was so great to watch how a guy like Clayton Kershaw was able to utilize, obviously, information from his catcher. It's so great to hear in his own words how big Will Smith was and going out there and changing things around when he needed to and and getting a read on how the pitches were shaped. Um, But Kersh, man, he's majestic, man. He's got (laughs) such a different mind. And, you know, a team that's going to see you, you know, two times in a week or within a week, Mm -hmm. you know that they're anticipating. What they do is you anticipate, okay? You prepare to say, okay, this is what he did against us when he was behind, when he was ahead. Here's what we saw a lot of first pitches. Yeah. Uh, this is a pattern that he followed uh, second time around the lineup, and he went out there you know, and threw seven scores against him in Arizona. And what I noticed today was, and I was doing the game today next to Fernando and, and Pepe, and I asked Fernando, notice the curveball tonight as slow as 71 miles per hour. Wow. He threw some foot 73s. And then the fastball at 91, 92, obviously, it's going to look much better. I mean, 20-mile-an-hour difference, Tim, it's a lot. And that's why the way he utilized a curveball tonight, where guys were not anticipating, was just to make his fastball better. And he found that quadrants, I'll tell you what, out of, up and away against right-handers, go look back at the past couple of starts and why it's, it's a matter of needing that offensive production from Will Smith and knowing that you cannot disrupt the timing and the flow when he's doing well with the guys on the mound. Jose, you look at the Dodgers' bullpen and what they've done collectively, different arms, different guys every night, different rules for certain pitchers this year. We've seen the emergence of guys like Evan Phillips, Alex Vesia. But as we get down the stretch here in the final 16 games of the regular season and going into the NLDS, which will start on October 11th, the first Dodger postseason game, uh, how important is it for the Dodgers to bolster this bullpen with some of the big names like Trine and Gratterall and then what Tommy Canley's done the last couple times out to have these guys available come in the next couple weeks? Oh, Tim, we, we can't hide it. I mean, the, the pulses is the bullpen games. You know, you, you see your starter wobble a little bit in the fifth inning and you immediately mm-hmm. go, I don't want him to face the lineup a third time. Yeah. So to have Trinan, who threw the ball very well today in 97, he had control, he had great finish. And that's one thing I noticed comparing to his couple of outings that he had after he was activated. He had nice follow-through and finish with his pitches. And then Gratterall pumping 99 and throwing strikes and just with that effortless, you know, delivery that he has. You had Phillips, as you mentioned. You had Vesia. We know that, obviously, Kimbrough has been quite inconsistent. He's had some nice stretches, but we cannot, obviously, hide the fact that you need somebody. You need five guys out there that are going to give you the better chance to get the last nine outs, and then who's going to get the last three outs? So uh, to have these guys back is going to be important. There's en- enough time to build them up. Um, and Tommy Canley is big. I'm talking he's a ground ball guy that can get it for you. He throws a plus changeup. 
he can get to the strikeout. So uh, the way things are shipping out right now, um, even on the, as a starters, you might see some piggybacking if that's the case with a couple of guys that uh, obviously are doing quite well as starters. But you know you're not going to need you know all five or six guys in, in the postseason. Yeah, and that that's kind of pointing at Tony Gonsolin with time running out here. Um, and him hopefully getting activated and maybe getting some starts underneath his belt and then having that break between the end of the regular season and October 11th, the start of the NLDS. They got time to get him up and built up a little bit, but nothing to where he was at. And that kind of goes back to the start of the season, Jose, where we saw that projected Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson piggyback scenario. It since has changed, obviously, but that could be a reality again this postseason. You have to be creative. You have to be open-minded because you do have so many great options. I mean, there's many teams that wish they had this type of problem. Oh, yeah. um, and then not forget about Andrew Heaney, who has shown uh, the Andrew Heaney that we all want to see again the last couple of outings. And uh, a guy that um, he's better suited, obviously, to pitch multiple innings for you. And if that's out of the bullpen, piggybacking on somebody, well, that's, that's the way things are designed. And for me, Dustin May is a guy that because of where he's coming from, he needs to be a starting pitcher because you don't want to know and, and, and face the uncertainty. If he pitching today you know, in relief for 35, 40 pitches, when do you have him again? So yeah. I think the right thing is to obviously, you know, the way it's going, he's shipping him up as a starter for Dustin May. That's a great point. Final thing, Jose, appreciate you joining us tonight here on Dodger Talk. Is what our caller said right before you came on. I don't know if you had a chance to hear him. He was talking about the schedule yeah. the rest of the way and facing Arizona and San Diego and Colorado with the, the series against St. Louis mixed in there and, you know, not facing anybody really this last month of the season because San Diego has been a team the Dodgers have rolled over uh, in the two meetings that they've had in San Diego and the one up at Dodger Stadium to start the month of September. The fact that they're not playing, you know, tough teams, playoff teams, except for St. Louis. I don't buy it. I think this team, I said, I think this team's different, Jose. I think this team leadership with guys like Freddie Freeman who lead by example and go out there and grind four hours before a first pitch, I think this team's just different. This team has an identity, and you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, I know the fans' concerned because that's what they see, that's what they read, and they look at the schedule and they're going, oh, my mm-hmm. God, we're going to you know, beat up on these teams, and then we're going <laughs> to face you know, tough teams in the postseason. Listen, momentum and confidence you cannot replace when you are between the white lines. And the Dodgers have a core group of guys that have created a culture that's all about winning. Go back to you – know, I'm going to point out to the, that fourth inning in San Francisco a few days ago where – you have guys moving guys over, okay, rolling mm. over to second base because that's the type of game you need to go and play in, in October. So it doesn't matter if it was the Giants. You know, you don't have to wait till the tougher team to do that. You go back to last night and Austin Barnes dropping out a bunt. So yeah. I don't worry about that because baseball is a game in which if you see a ball well and you hit the ball well, you're going to forget about it against who it was. You're going to carry confidence. I prefer to see a team that goes out there and, and has confidence, is built up, it's healthy, leading into those five days off you're going to have yeah. then see a team scuffling and having, you know, so many things to answer. But uh, I'll take momentum from winning anytime because momentum from winning gives you the best high and doesn't, doesn't matter who you face, you know, next time up. Absolutely. Jose, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Buenas noches. All right, there he goes, Jose Moda, just to piggyback that, uh, and momentum in the postseason. Just go back to a year ago, Dodger fans, and the Dodgers going back and forth, trying to chase the San Francisco Giants, getting close. It came down to the final week of the season, trying to get ahead of them, the Giants holding off the Dodgers. It was a race to the very end. It was a a 162-game sprint between the Dodgers and Giants, and they were exhausted, both teams 
And then they play each other in the NLDS, and they go to a Game 5 right up in San Francisco, and the Dodgers win that in exhausting fashion in a game in which you know they have to go to Max Scherzer late to close it out. And what happened? We all kind of exhaled and said, ah, whew, we got through that. We, we got through the regular season. Uh, just beat the Giants, who we couldn't catch over 162, but we got them in five games in the NLDS. Ah, all right. Uh, so now what? Oh, the Braves? Ah, okay. NLCS. And the Braves, they were a team that were red hot and came in, and they faced a tired Dodgers team that had just grinded and fought to the end and fought through a five-game series and also played in a wild-card game against the Cardinals and were just physically and I think mentally drained from that and ran into a buzzsaw that was the Atlanta Braves who want to go on and win the World Series. So that's another extreme. I mean, a team that's grinding to the end. And, yeah, maybe they, you, you ride the momentum into the postseason because you won and, and you get in as a wild card or you win a division. But, you know, that's strenuous. That that takes a toll on guys. And, you know, there's no chance to get a break or a day off or, um, you know, watch your load management down the stretch to make sure you're, you know, close to 100% and ready to go come October. So I think where the Dodgers at is perfect. You know, guys out there playing, guys getting ready for October baseball, but at the same time, again, this is a team with leaders in there who don't let these guys get too big of heads, who don't let these guys chase individual numbers. Um, this, this is a team that, that's, that's dialed in. They're focused. All right, Kevin in L.A., you're next up on Dodger Talk. Appreciate you being patient. Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 5-2. to two. How you doing? No worries, Tim. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I just... I, I can't believe it's 102 wins for the Dodgers. They're 58 games over 500. I, I just don't think people can comprehend that a team is 58 games over 500. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's hard to comprehend when when it's not something happening every season or yeah. even every five seasons. Um, and you alluded to it. Don't you know? Don't take it for granted. This is a special team, and mm-hmm. special things are happening right now. No doubt. What do um, you want to say, Kevin? Yeah, so I wanted to ask you about the bullpen, and you kind of touched upon it with Jose Moda. Mm-hmm. But more so, I want to touch upon the bullpen in the playoffs. You know, let's say Bruzar comes back. Mm-hmm. Let's say Tony comes back, Trinan, and Almonte come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the shortened pitching staff, shortened starters in the playoffs, um, how do you think the bullpen plays out and who gets um, – who, who, who doesn't make the roster yeah. for the playoffs? Who's if, in, who's out? That's a great question, Kevin. That's a great question. I appreciate the phone call, buddy. That's that's going to be the million-dollar question, and I think we've talked about it for a few weeks and what to look out for as this Dodgers team plays out the regular season, not only before they clinched the division last Tuesday in Arizona, but we've talked about the last couple of days what to look for in this Dodgers team. Guys playing for playoff spots. Uh, relievers looking to go out and contribute and to show they're healthy first because this bullpen's gone through some health issues. One, to show they're healthy, and two, to show they're out there and productive. And when called upon, even if it's against the Arizona Diamondbacks, even if it's in a blowout win, even if it's in a game which the Dodgers are losing here in the next couple of weeks, even if it's in a tight, uh, high-leverage situation, can they go out there and get the job done? Can they go out there and be productive uh, on the mound? And the flip side of that, what about guys off the bench? Is Joey Gallo going to make this postseason roster? Is Trace Thompson going to make this postseason roster? If they do make the roster, whose spot are they taking? 
I mean, these are all questions that are going to have to be answered because you, you, you're you not going to have the 28-man roster. You're going to have, again, a 26-man roster, and it's just round and round, so you're going to have to figure out who you're playing, what their strengths and weaknesses are, what they do or don't do good, and work around that. And at the same time, you're not going to have a five-man rotation, so you can bolster your bullpen a little bit. You go with three starters, and the other two guys, maybe one's an odd man out in the first series. Hypothetically, maybe Andrew Heaney's the odd guy out, and Tyler Anderson goes to the bullpen. And you've got Julio Odias, you've got Clayton Kershaw, and Tony Gonsolin as your three starters. And Dustin May goes to the bullpen. Uh, it's a pretty loaded bullpen if you add those two guys to go along with a healthy Trinan, a healthy Gratterall, a healthy Almonte. I mean, what they got down there is, is uh, Evan Phillips. I mean, Alex Vesia. I mean, there's going to be some guys who don't make the postseason roster who have helped out this team a lot and are names that maybe you thought were going to be on the postseason roster, but somebody's beating them out or because they need X amount of righties compared to lefties or vice versa. They're the odd man out that first round. It's just, again, a matchup. Who they're playing will dictate everything from there, and then they'll put together the roster for that first round of the NLDS. But I appreciate the phone call. Let's name now our Daniels Jewelers home run forecast winner. Congratulations to Christiane Cabal of Anaheim, who receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for playing. For your chance to win a $50 gift card, just go to am570lasports.com, keyword home run. Daniel, leaving the game tonight. Daniel, thanks for calling Dodger Talk. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. Um, just one thing real quick. I know you talked about the we instead of the me mentality. There's just one player that I think is getting that message, and he failed to slide twice today, and that's Cody Ballinger. Um, he felt like going into second. He was probably going to be safe no matter what, but that play up the middle, I think he should have slid back, and they got him out. And he's done a couple things like that where he hasn't hustled down the baselines, and he's just not playing well enough to really kind of have the Manny Machado mentality out there. All right, I'm, I'm going to give you the, the GM hat then. It, it, does he make your postseason roster? If he doesn't, who takes his spot? <sighs> he does, but I would love to see Trace. Okay. Well, you got a righty and a lefty. That's certainly going to dictate or be dictated by who's on the mound as the starter. So um, that that could certainly be the case. You see one of them out there, one of them on the bench, if it's a lefty or a righty, depending on who they're going to face in whatever game that is. So, yeah, I can see that. Daniel, I appreciate the phone call. 866-987-2570. We'll try to squeeze in a couple more calls here if we can. Um, so, again, this is all going to be dictated by who they play, what their strength, what their lineups look like, what their starters look like. So, again, it's going to be dictated with that first, and then it's going to be a trickle-down effect just filling in the roster, position players, bench guys, starters, and your bullpen. And the two biggest things that we keep talking about, and I'll harp on it again, the guys off the bench and the bullpen. Those are the two main things to keep an eye on here down the stretch because that's what guys are playing for is those spots, role-playing spots off the bench and reliever spots out of the bullpen. Certainly you know the names are going to make it if they're healthy, the Trinans of the world. And quickly, Jose mentioned on it, um, the update on Blake Trinan. He threw a sim game today, and he checked out okay, and if he continues to check out healthy his sore arm over the next couple of days, Dave Roberts said he could be activated as early as Thursday for the final game of this five-game series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. That is fantastic news. So let's keep fingers crossed and positive thoughts for Blake Trinan that he continues to check out good over the next 24 hours and feels good after that sim game today. Bruce Dark Gratterall is going to be right behind him, it looks like. He threw a sim game today to hitters out before the game, and he was touching 99, as Jose mentioned. Blake Trinan was hitting 97. 
If Bruce Dark Gratterall, I think he's going to try to throw one more time, I believe. But if he starts, if he feels good and he checks out okay after these outings in sim games, he'll be the next guy off the injured list. Yancey Almonte is on a rehab assignment in AAA Oklahoma City. From what I understand, he pitched last night, I think, if I'm getting my days right. And I don't know if he's going back-to-back nights, but if everything checks out with him, he too could be activated this weekend against the St. Louis Cardinals. So the Dodgers could be getting three relievers back to help this bullpen and get some innings, get some built up over the next two and a half weeks and get ready for October 11th, the beginning of the NLDS. As far as Tony Gonsolin is concerned, I think Jose mentioned him. He threw a bullpen session today, around 30 pitches. His velocity was apparently ticking up a little bit from his last bullpen session. So he is starting to build 30-pitch bullpen. My guess is he'll have a bullpen, maybe he throws 45 pitches, and then it's a sim game. And maybe it's then a longer sitting game. So he's maybe another week or so behind trying to bruise all Gratterall, in my opinion. I'm not, I don't know for sure, but just kind of looking at the progression and where he's at today, a 30-pitch bullpen session, um, hopefully they can get back and get a start, maybe a relief appearance, something in a couple of them uh, before the end of the regular season on October 5th when the Dodgers finish off that six-game series against the Colorado Rockies. All right, that's going to do it. We're going to call it quits for this Monday night. Many thanks to you Dodger fans for being a part of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you download and listen to Dodger Talk. We appreciate that. Can't say it enough. If you miss tonight's show, if you miss any show, you can listen to them on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks to Colin E., the best in the business. Thanks to you Dodger fans again for being a part of the show. Dodgers win at Dodger Stadium tonight, 5-2 to two over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Clayton Kershaw, the victory. He goes six innings, strikes out ten to get his ninth win of the season. Joey Gallo goes deep. Chris Taylor, three-run home run. Three-hit night for Gavin Lux as the Dodgers get one win number 102 on this season. They're now four away from tying the franchise record, five away from breaking the franchise record. Dodgers doubleheader tomorrow. 12-10 first pitch is game one. Michael Grove, Zach Davies, and then in the nightcap, 7-10 first pitch. Tyler Anderson scheduled to get the start against Dre Jamison of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Quick turnaround, doubleheader tomorrow. Let's play two on a Tuesday. Thanks for listening, everybody. So long. The Ben Maller Show. Coming up next, Big Ben, our buddy, is next.